Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dio, what is popping? I just noticed why everybody thinks you're way shorter than you are. Do you this... purposely sit that low in these chairs? No, but I think... Or is that just a ghetto ass chair that it does? Uh, yeah, the, every time the, the I sit down, yeah, broken. every time I sit down, it has hydraulics. Yeah, I was like, I was sitting. At... Yeah, hey everybody, exactly. I'm ready for the party. Yeah, you look like Webster. <laughs> I'm you, ready to go. You look like Webster. Let's right now. learn. Let's <laughs> learn about mortgages. Right. No, we're just gonna hop right into today's episode. We're not gonna learn about mortgages, John. This is not a mortgage podcast. Let's start there. Oh wow. Let's start there. This is not a mortgage podcast. I know we call it the Loan Officer Podcast. But that's because deep down in my core, John, I am a mortgage loan originator. Yeah. Even that's not what I do, right? Like I'm a man of many talents. Right. One of those happens to be the mortgage industry. Yes, sir. This podcast is everything you should have learned in school but didn't because it wasn't taught. Word. We do episode geared do episodes geared towards people who want to buy real estate, people who currently own real estate. People who sell real estate for a living or people who finance real estate for a living? Big swath. That's basically like 70, 80% of the American populace. Yeah. Yeah. That's We're trying to bring topics to the communities we serve to make them say, hmm. Yes, just to enlighten them, point them in the right direction, tell them what books to read, tell them what YouTube videos to watch. Yeah. When they're done watching our YouTube channel. Of course. Which, by the way. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, just go do it. Just go do it as a favor. If you like what we're doing, literally just go on YouTube. Even if you don't have a YouTube account, it'll take you less than three minutes. Create a dummy one. But I'm gonna promise you, you make it on our YouTube channel. Be like, oh, this is cool. Oh, yeah. oh, this is where the fellas interact with their fans. Oh, what? Oh, if I comment, JC's gonna comment back and Dio's gonna hop in there too. Holy yes. Shit. Yeah, that's how it works. It's yeah. Works that way on LinkedIn. If you find me, my first name is Dustin. My last name is Owen. How about this? If you're a T-Lopper, today's episode was brought to you by the T-Lop community. Yes, thank by the, the way. T-Lop community. Thank yourselves for this topic. Yeah, but if you're a true T-Lopper, that means you follow us on our website. You're a member. Yes, sir. Tloponline.com. Or if you can't figure out what we're saying when we say T-Lop. It's theloanofficerpodcast.com. Yeah. You can become a freemium member, yeah. but if you want to communicate with us, yeah. if you want to get on our town hall meetings, if you want to be a part of the online community, you will need to become a premium member. That's cool. Yeah. And JC's already working on things like weekly newsletters. Newsletters. Yeah, this shit is just starting. Just getting started. We have an awesome consultation with Chris Johnston. Shout out, Chris. Yeah. Looking forward to hopping on that call with, with Chris. So look at your new um, threads. How about my new threads? Hey, shout out to Tim Davis. Shout out Tim. So Tim Davis, the originator's guide. So when I was in Nashville, Tim had a booth. Now, truth be told, that's Tim's hometown, right? <laughs> oh yeah. So, but, but he had a booth and he has this, this magazine, this originator's magazine that I was actually very fortunate that I was able to write an article for, for, I think yeah. it was very first, um, edition. But um, Tim was there to promote his magazine, which is the Originator's Guide. But I saw this T-shirt. I'm like, dude, I got to have it. Does this shirt make my ass look big? Yeah. Tim's all about having a big ass. Always about having a big ass. Like, look, the answer is no unless you ask it. Right. Right? And I think we, I think you have a good clip. Mm-hmm. I think it may be one of the recent reels that you did where, like, I talk about, and if you want to be wildly successful, yeah. you need to be around other, other wildly successful people. Yeah, because... Uh, 
because sometimes our ask is too small because we're very shallow minded. Yeah. We don't think deep enough or broad enough. Right. Yeah. So I was like, dude, I got to have this shirt. Right. And I told Tim, hey, I'm going to wear it. I'm going to give you a shout out. So y'all should check out Tim Davis. I have a couple people who actually coach with Tim Davis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like like he he offers coaching. Tim's awesome. Yeah. I think Tim should come coach for T-Lob. Well, shit, you put it out there. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty. Steve Richmond. Yeah. Been a guest. I think Steve Richmond should partner with T-Lob. We should start talking about do some coaching together. But, hey, you never know what's going to happen. Bro. We're yeah. in crazy times. There's going to be plenty of mergers and acquisitions and new companies formed. Mm. New companies form. So y'all in the mortgage industry who are freaking the F out because you may be losing your 401k match. Your company may be getting delisted. It may be a forced merger or for, for, forced acquisition. Hey, no fret. No fret. Control what you can control. Your attitude and your effort. Your effort. You can't control anything else in life at this point. And understand everything is temporary. And also understand temporary is arbitrary. Right, because temporary could be a few days if I was trying to get something accomplished over a month's period of time. Right. Temporary could be a few months if I'm looking at the next five years of my career. Correct. Temporary could be an entire decade if I'm looking at a at it over right. a lifetime. There you go. Right, but when I say temporary, I'm going to tell you, hmm, on the good side, four months; on the bad side, nine months. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in the next four to nine months, and something good will present itself to you, even if you find yourself in the worst of storms. Yeah. The TLOP community is the inspiration yeah. for today's episode. What is it that stood out from the community that you want to talk about today? Pain points. Whether you're a realtor looking for a business or you're a loan officer calling on business partners or other realtors, everyone seems to have pain points. What if you sell TV advertising for a living? What if you're a life insurance salesman? What if you're at Tom James selling fine clothing? Shut up, Jeff, to shut up. Like... That's finding the pain point, John, is sales 101. Yeah. And there's some industries that do a shit job of teaching sales, right? Like I shout out Sandler sales training. Mm -hmm. Like Sandler's where I first learned about A, pain points, but B, staying behind the pendulum, mm -hmm. right? It was Sandler that also uh, uh, trained me to almost disqualify up front, Yeah. right? Where I give you permission to not work with me. Hey, John, I don't think necessarily you and I are going to agree to do to do business together. Are you okay with me asking you a few questions to try to figure out if we're a good match? All of a sudden you're doubting me. What the hell? I, I, of course I'm a good match. Yeah. Right. Nobody wants to feel rejected. Right. Okay, cool. And by the way, if you want to talk about someone or a program that has a huge ask, oh, Sandler's ask is through the roof, but they get it. And then when you train with them or you attend one of their workshops or similar, they teach you how to have, have a big ask, hmm. right? So finding the pain or pain points, please know that's not real estate and mortgage related. It, it came up today on one of our calls with the TLOP community. And you're like, oh man, that'd be a great episode. But I literally want someone to think, and I'm going to start with those two other industries, right? TV advertising and life insurance, right? For me to convince you, John Coleman, to spend $100 a month or $500 a month on life insurance, you're going to laugh at me. Yeah. I can sit there and try to sell you the value propositions of get it now while you're young. It's lock in that cheap price. Or if it's whole life insurance, oh, you'll be able to borrow against this without paying taxes. It's going to be a guaranteed interest rate. Those are all features. People don't want to buy features. People want to solve for pain. 
So if I'm selling you life insurance, I'm going to find out where your pain point is, right? And your pain point may very well be you have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. You have a wife who really would love to either go part-time or to spend the next maybe 10 years being a homemaker. But you don't have a whole lot of money in the bank. And you do have a $375,000 mortgage. Your mortgage payment is $2,500 a month, right? So I need to figure out, John, what's that worth to you if something were to happen to you and you are no longer on this earth? Who's going to make sure that your kids are taken care of? Who's going to make sure that, that your mortgage is paid off? You want your wife to have to go back to work and put your kids in daycare? No, John, at a minimum, don't you want to at least be able to pay off your mortgage so that you knew that your wife and kids got to live rent-free and maybe even have enough money set aside that if your wife did have to go back to work, you could afford a live-in nanny? Hmm. And wouldn't it be nice also to not have to put the burden of college education on your, on your, uh, on your wife after you unexpectedly die? I'm creating pain that you don't have, mm -hmm. but I'm trying to sell into it. Okay, so, so anytime you're in sales, you have to find the pain point. We were taught this when you're talking to homeowners, if you're a real estate investor and you're trying to buy their house, you have to keep on peeling back the layers of the onion to find the pain. Where is their pain and then solve for it? Because people start to, to go into, well, I'll be a cash buyer. Okay, well, just about every investor is a cash buyer. Well, I can close quick. Okay, just about every investor can close quick. Right. Okay, so, so what are you gonna offer that's going to solve a pain point for this person? Well, until you get to know them, until you ask enough questions, you don't know. So you have to continue to like peel back that, that onion, peel back the layers of the onion. What you'll find, what you'll find is that this person doesn't want to sell their home because they don't have enough money for a mover. They don't want to sell their home because they don't have to clean out all of their stuff. Hmm. So it wasn't really about the dollar amount. Right. The reason why they were they were saying no to your initial offer is because they thought they needed all this money to pay for a professional cleaner. They, did, they thought they needed all this money for a professional mover. Where what you had to uncover if you were the real estate investor trying to buy this home, you're trying to buy it at a discount. It's like, look, what is it that's preventing you? Like what something's stalling, right? Something's bothering you. Well, what if I could do this? Ma'am or sir, what if I could buy your house? This is the most I'd be willing to pay. Right. That's that's all I can pay because look, the market's a little bit shaky right now. I'm taking a big gamble that it doesn't turn for the worse. I will pay all your closing costs so I can guarantee you're gonna get this amount of money. Mm -hmm. But you know what I'll do for you? I'll take care of removing all the stuff you don't want. Like leave it. Don't you don't have to, to take it out. I have a crew that will come in. You can leave all the stuff you don't want. And the stuff you do want, I'll have my moving company come over here. My moving company will come over here and, and, and they, will, they will get you moved wherever you need to go. So for three grand or five grand, worst case, I was able to buy that house at the price I was willing to pay and get the, 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 the seller to accept my offer because I found the pain. If I didn't find the pain, we weren't going to negotiate down to that sales price that made sense for me. Right. That person's ask was, was too high mm -hmm. for what I was willing to do. Right. So there's an analogy for life insurance analogy for a real estate investor. I think I promised you one with a, um, someone selling advertising. Yeah. 
right? If you're selling advertising, do not roll into me, the, the, the business owner, talking about your reach and your cost per thousand. I and, didn't guarantee you 500,000 impressions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Impressions and viewership and, right. oh, this is your target audience, 1835 male because mm-hmm. it skews this way. Nah, man, get to know me. Find out where, where my pain is and then solve for my pain, yeah. right? My pain may very well be that sales are slumping, right? At which point it's, it's less about the advertising mm-hmm. that you provide. It may be that you bring in one of your copywriters and help me write the right copy. And you learned all of a sudden that you're not not running a 30 second brand ad, you're running two 15 second bookends, if we're talking TV advertising, (laughs) and you're teaching me tactics like, hey, we're gonna load up all your commercials Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're gonna run a special on Saturday, Sunday at your store, everything's 20% off. And it's not going to be about pretty and beauty. It's going to be all in yellow and red, 20% (laughs) fire sale. And we're going to run 15 second ads. So we get more impressions. Oh, okay. Didn't think of it like that. I didn't think Yeah, you brought me advice. You brought me a solution. What stuck out to me, what you said, you have to get to know the person. You have to get to know the client. I know you talk about like, I'll get to know him. But it's like you said, peel back the layer of the onion. Like really get to know them, ask the question behind the question, and then ask again. Oh, that, and that's any relationship. I mean, that's if you are a manager and you want to be a more effective leader, do you know your associates' professional goals as well as personal goals? Do you know what keeps them up at night, again, professionally and personally? I think when you, when you understand both, it allows you to be an effective leader, and it becomes less about work and just becomes about leadership in general. Mm-hmm. If I'm selling to somebody, trying to build a relationship with a referral source, if I want this particular company to refer my services or this particular realtor to refer me because I'm a loan officer, yeah, I need to figure out who they are as a professional, who they are as a person, what matters to them. It's not about me selling my products and my features, right? Like, oh, everybody has great service and everybody can close a loan quickly and everybody's readily accessible. Let's not make it about me. Let's make it about you. Let me figure out what makes you tick. That's why I try to coach loan officers specifically. Like when you meet with somebody, think of yourself as a journalist for the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, Time Magazine or People Magazine, whatever you're into, right? And you're there to, hey, I'm just there to interview you. I want to get to know you. Ask questions, but ask like real questions, authentic questions. But what you're trying to discover is somewhere in their answers is some insight to who they are as a person their background, meaning where they came from. If you understand where someone came from, you you can understand, do they have an abundance mentality or a scarcity mentality, right? Are they risk adverse or are they willing to take risk? Are they open to new ideas or are they a bit of a protectionist, mm-hmm. right? You had to be able to, to discover that you do so with an interview, but while you're doing that, you look for their pain, right? Their pain may be that they struggle coming up with great ideas. They're great implementers, but they're terrible idea creators. Mm -hmm. Cool. That person's not going to work with you necessarily because you have great products or great programs or great rates, or you close quickly or you communicate like crazy. They may very well work with you because you've included them on a mastermind that you put together with four or five other Mm -hmm. professionals in your industry. And you just host it. You put it on, you organize it. There's so much to be said about the person who organizes. One of my favorite networking ideas 
is organize a bowling league, a co-ed bowling league, where you include their spouses, right? You don't have to be the best bowler. You don't have to be the best anything at that industry. But when you are the organizer, people tend to always look up and look to the organizer. They want to know the organizer. They want to feel like they're buddy-buddy or chummy with the organizer. And then ultimately that will lead to a relationship outside of the bowling league, which very well she could return to or turn into a business relationship. Back on the one-on-ones and the asking of questions, a la a journalist, yeah. yeah, you're peeling back the layers of an onion where you are looking for the pain. That's what you're looking for. Then you're trying to solve for said pain. Said pain very well could be, I'm terrible at lead follow-up. Okay, cool. I'm not. Like, I'm not. That's a strength that I have. And I could bring you value. I could solve for that particular pain point. Um, and it's like, boom, I'm done. Mm. Now, we, we had some today. Uh, can you remember some of the, the actual questions that, that, that came like, up? Yeah, so I was like, I, I struggle with reaching out to um, – my past clients, because I don't feel I have anything to reach, like to update them with besides a, hey, how's it going? What's been going on with you? Yeah. And that was it. Because we're, we're talking about TBD calls. We're talking yeah, about pros, prospect follow-up, right? Yeah. For, again, not trying to focus solely on mortgage and real estate. Right. Anyone in sales or anyone with a product or a service to sell needs to be doing prospect follow-up. You yeah. need to stay in front of your clients, make your sales calls, um, work within your CRM. Mm-hmm. But this individual is like, hey, man, yeah, I'm just... I kind of feel like I'm always calling saying, hey, how are things going? And I said, well, you, you have to think about like what's going on in the market. What are they fearing right now? What do you think they're hearing? And if they're hearing it, what's it making them believe? And you need to be offering solutions or you need to be the curator of the content. You need to be the person mm-hmm. who is bringing them mm-hmm. the information. So my example to or my suggestion to this sales professional was I'm like, look, if you're a student to your industry, you, you're following the current events in the news. Every time you see something in the news that you liked, and the news is like trade publications, yeah. right? You save it. And then you know which of your clients that resonates the best with. Mm-hmm. Then you can send a text, an email, or a phone call. Hey, I'm going to shoot you over an email. I, you know, I, I read this article and it made me think of you. I hope everything's going well, is it? Right now I can backdoor into it. Mm-hmm. Um, back on the problem solving or the pain points, I know if I'm a mortgage loan originator or a realtor in today's market and rates have shot up from three and a half percent to 7%, I have people who have affordability issues. Well, if, if they weren't buying three or four or five months ago, is there something different in today's market that maybe would make them wanna buy? Right. Maybe it wasn't qualifying like DTI wise. Maybe it wasn't qualifying necessarily because they didn't have um, the the they weren't comfortable with the payment. Yeah. Maybe it literally was like, look, dude, I rubbed together every two nickels I have <laughs> and I was able to come up with enough money for down payment. But that's it. And seven, nine months ago, you weren't getting a seller to pay your closing calls. We just did an episode <laughs> on this. Right. If I'm trying to solve for somebody's pain, I have to remember what was that person's pain? Maybe my, my reason to call today is, oh my God, Josh, I, uh, John, Josh, <laughs> I have great news for you. Yeah, you know how nine months ago, we really couldn't find you a house because you just couldn't come up with enough money for down payment and closing costs? Mm-hmm. 
I'm pretty confident in today's market, as long as you can come up with down payment, you're good to go, homie. You're good to go. Pretty confident your realtor is going to be able to get out there and get the seller to, to contribute towards your closing costs. I'd have to make it about interest rate for this guy. I don't, I can't sell on rate right now, but I can sell on solving his pain point. His pain point was, I don't have enough money. So therefore he sat on the sidelines. Now I'm telling him you don't need as much money because the market has changed. Right. So when I was trying to give the advice to the gentleman who said, man, I kind of don't know what to say when I'm calling these prospects to follow up with them, then my suggestion was, well, think about who they are. What was their pain? And is there anything currently in the market that helps solve for their pain? Mm-hmm. Maybe three months ago, their pain was payment. It was, it was DTI related. But now you're like, hey, I just listened to this podcast where they talked about two one buy downs. They talked about using a seller credit mm-hmm. to buy out the monthly mortgage insurance. Well, if I bought out your monthly mortgage insurance, not only is your payment 200 bucks cheaper per month, but now your DTI is a 44 and not a 49 at a 44. When I run you through mm-hmm. Fannie Mae's automated underwriting system, I get an approval. Look, again, it's not about whether the rate is five and a half or seven and a half. It's about I can get you to qualify today at a payment you're comfortable with. That to me is proving a pain point. Nobody wanted a mortgage. They want a home and they want a home at a payment that's going to make sense for them. Or they want a home at a cash out of pocket that's going to make sense for them. Ultimately, when rates go down, people will refinance. I mean, that's why we teach and preach on this on this forum, this platform Mm -hmm. that your mortgage should literally be a like four to seven year decision. And right now we're telling you, honestly, it should be a two to three year decision. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, like there's a couple of things that would prevent someone from refinancing, right? Like, like, let's say their home value did go down by 5% and they, they used a mortgage program that had minimal down payment. Well, if you don't have sufficient equity, it's Mm -hmm. hard to refinance, right? There's still going to be loan to value restrictions, but for the most part, or a refinance does require you to qualify most times. Not always. Like there are streamlined refis out there, FHA, VA, and USDA all offer a version of a streamlined refi, but just something to consider that, you know, a refinance is not guaranteed. There still is going to be a loan to value that we're going to have to be able to keep within. And there's still going to be credit qualification for most loan programs. But, right. you know, today, I think the encouragement was more salespeople need to study and understand what it means to look for the pain and solve for the pain, not making it all about your, your features and your benefits. No, <laughs> it's not about you. My wife tells me all the time, it's not about you. Quit making it about you. I'm like, but that's so hard, honey, because I only know me and I know me the best. Right. You know, why do you always talk about you? I'm like, because that's the person I know the most about. (laughs) And it may happen to be my first, my favorite person in the whole entire world. There you go. Besides my children. Now we're peeling back the layers. And my mother. The the layers of the oven. And my dog. But nonetheless. The layers of the onion for dust. Yeah, there you go. But no, I think it's, again, Things that make you say, hmm, they don't teach this shit in high school, but they should. But there are there are books you can read. There's workshops you can attend. There's coaching you can sign up yep. for. Uh, the one that I, I'm recently and the most into is Sandler. I'm not saying it's the end-all, be-all. You know, there's, there's other programs out there. But, yeah, y'all should learn a thing or two about sales, about negotiation, about mindset. Mm. In order to become better business men and women. I don't do a better job of talking about this in the future. Like, let's do this. This is fun, John. What's that? 
talking about how to be better businessmen and women. Oh, yeah. So it's, I'd love to do an episode where we teach the consumer how to become better negotiators. What? Sounds like an idea for an episode. Yes. And there, some website content. Can you write content. that down? Yes. Yeah. How to become a better negotiator. Like, we're going to be ripping off Never Split the Difference. I'm going to reread that book. I love that book. Shout out. Hey, if y'all know Chris Voss, tell him that TLOP needs Chris Voss. We need, we need Chris Voss and James Clear on this podcast. Yeah, let's get it done. Let's get it done. I'm, I'll, I'll reread that book because there's a lot that we can swipe and adapt just from that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I would love to teach people in general. Like my buddy Brooke just told me a story how he negotiated the shit yeah. out of, hey, oh, my God. I said, Brooke, what would you just do? Like, literally, was this person, like, disabled? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were they, like, you know, not from this country? Did they not speak the language? No, man. No, just... he knows how to negotiate. Right. Someone taught him one of the first tactics in negotiating is to speak second. So he literally told the guy, hey, we're not going to be able to execute at this price. What's the best you can do? And when the guy told him what the best he could do, it was everything Brooke wanted. But Brooke knows this about negotiations. He's not going to stop until he gets a no. So he literally said, ah, oh, I don't know, man. How about if you threw this in too? And the guy goes, okay. And Brooke's like, well, I haven't got to know yet. Mm. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll execute for a full six months, but I have one more ask. I have one more ask. And then finally the guy's like, dude, I can't do that. He's like, all right, well, I figured I'd ask. <laughs> At which point he already got more than what he ever set up for. Right. And it started with, and this is maybe a teaser to a future episode, Look, I've learned in sales negotiations, you ask the per other person to let them know what you want mm. or what they want. But like Chris Voss teaches never split the difference. Okay, well then let's go ahead and let's go for a big ask, mm. right? Or if it's the, the low end, hey, let's go, let's go ahead and set the floor. Let's go ahead and set the floor. Hey, John, look, I'm not going to give you more than $42,000 for, for your car. And you're like, Shh, it's a $60,000 car. And I started at 42. I'm like, all right, cool. It's, you know, mm -hmm. from that point, you, I went way low. Hey, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves. We're yeah. getting way ahead of ourselves. I'm already getting into like a second episode. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm late for, uh, for a, a financial call. And they cut off the AC in the building again. So it is pretty steamy. It in here. is hot as all get out. <laughs> hey, y'all, we love doing this. We hope you love doing it. Mm -hmm. If you dig what we're doing, please share us. Mm -hmm. Tell a friend, tell a, a colleague, post about us on your social platforms. Yeah. Check out our website. Hook up with us on LinkedIn and keep on tuning in and let us know what we can be doing better to mm -hmm. serve you with content that is is more intriguing to what you're looking for. Yes. And let us know what we're doing well so we do more of that. Yeah, let us know your pain points, basically. Basically. So we don't have to peel you back like an onion. <laughs> well said. Hey, look, he's John <laughs> Coleman. I'm Dustin Nolan. It's all the time we have for you today, but we'll catch you on the next episode.